Hello, welcome to the Dear Writer podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Ashley. We're two aspiring collaborative authors sharing our writing journey with you. The ups, the downs, and everything in between. Whether you're just starting out or a more experienced writer, we hope that you'll find this podcast inspiring and thought-provoking. And here's the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Dear Writer. Today, we are on to episode 20, and it is one of our main episodes. And we have, I kind of want to say it's a bit of a treat, but then you might not (laughs) consider it a treat. So we are having a cringy poetry slam. We are. It could be hilarious and entertaining. Perhaps not really. Perhaps treat is the wrong word, though. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) You get to experience our poetry. Maybe we'll put it that way. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It could be a celebration for our 20th episode. Yeah. We'll get to listen to our poetry. Mm -hmm. Loosely termed poetry. (laughs) Because it's not. It's fine. It's fine. Before we do that, we should probably give you all a quick update on our writing. Yes. What have you been up to this past month, Sarah? Not too much. <laughs> Again. It's okay. I am about 1,500 words through my chapter now, so I'm making slow progress, but it is very slow. Sat down last night, did another like 200, 300 words before I got stuck again. My main <laughs> issue is that it's just a lot of research as per usual, mm-hmm. and so if anyone's considering writing historical fiction, there is a lot of research that goes into it. Yes, I can agree. A surprising amount. Like I didn't, I knew that there was going to be a lot, but even so, you, you just like start writing and you're like, oh, what sort of food did they eat? What did the room look like? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, even and, and even little things like, In ancient Greece, the men typically would eat before the women or they'd eat in separate rooms. But then for special occasions, it's kind of hard to tell what really happened. Mm -hmm. And so we're writing this, well, I'm writing this particular feast that happens and it's sort of after a funeral. (laughs) So it's, it's kind of like a special occasion and the family typically gets together to have a feast after they're buried person but then it is hard to tell whether they would have still eaten separately or whether they would have eaten together as a family mm-hmm. or who actually came to these feasts what they ate at least I know that they're probably drinking wine so there's that, Got that far. <laughs> that's good I was gonna say it's kind of weird the whole research thing because we did try and write this book once before and I felt we didn't do as much research no. as we do for this one so obviously we must at least be doing a better job at being accurate. Yes, I would agree. Yeah, I don't think we really even thought about it that much Mm. last time. So at least this time it'll be much more uh, correct to the time period. It probably doesn't help that this is pretty much your first chapter really in the past. Yes, (laughs) that is the other thing. It's trying to get a grasp on all these new people. And how they might interact, which is very confusing because there's some weird dynamics going on in the group. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How, how's things going for you in the writing space? I think it's been going fairly well. So I think last time I spoke, I said I had started a new chapter. I finished that chapter. It ended up being quite long. Oh, I think 5,500 words. So that was a lot longer than I had anticipated it being. (laughs) 
I think in that chapter, Sarah and I also had a, there was one point where I was like, maybe I'll just end it here because it was at 4,000 words, I think. And I was like, no. (laughs) Sarah Sarah was like, no, keep going. And I was like, okay. (laughs) Ended up being another 1,500 words or so after that. Things take time, I think, to write, which is like a problem. Mm. So all I wanted to do was like have them say like walk out of the city. But for some reason, you can't just have them walk out of the city. You have to like build up to them walking out of the city and then it's kind of weird if you just skip this whole three-hour walk where they don't know each other and they're just going to be walking in silence so then you have to have them have like a conversation and then they get to their destination you can't just end it again you have to sort of tease it out so it ended up being a bit longer but I had to walk back (laughs) (laughs) oh no I guess I could have started a little bit later but it just made sense to kind of like flow on from your chapter so then like I swear there's like a page or two of like simply walking back and then I'm not even I'm like 1,500 words through I'm not even up to the the original chapter point oh no oh no (laughs) and I'm like maybe I should just give it up and then have the entire feast in this chapter and then make the next one the next chapter but you can always push the next chapter into a different one. Well, that's what I was thinking. I might just do. You have to. <laughs> anyway, add another chapter. So I finished that chapter and I've started the next one, which is still in the past, but with a different character. I'm about 1,700 words through. It was kind of interesting because the first bullet point of this new chapter just said, we learned about Leontiadi's life. <laughs> Helpful. <laughs> So I kind of took some, I took a bit of license and I've created him a love interest and I've had this character appear as a spy and tell him some information at his house uh, because I realized that we never have this information come out in any of the chapter plans later. So I thought it'd be kind of interesting. We kind of refer to the information, but they're all from Simon's perspective. So unless someone directly tells him what happened, which might be a bit weird given it was sort of secret-ish. Yeah. So I thought I'd have it in this chapter, which I think works. But now... Now, the next half of this chapter is supposed to be at a at a uh, sacrifice. So I think I'm going to be where Sarah is stuck in <laughs> for a while longer. Yeah, the fun of research. It is kind of fun, but it is. It. It's just sometimes you get a little bit stuck, I think. Mm. I was going to say, at least I, all of my chapters except one have been in the past. So the sort of mundane stuff now I can write a lot quicker like the start of this chapter, just because I yeah. don't have to research every single detail anymore. <laughs> I, I kind of remember some of it, so it ends up being okay. And I'd at least already had an idea, well, because I'd done all the research for what courtyards looked like for the previous chapter. He is in a courtyard, so I said, like, ha I know this. I know what courtyards look like. So that was okay. Hmm. But other than that, Sarah and I had our beta readers get back to us, or beta reader oh, yeah. get back to us for our <laughs> teen fiction series, which was very exciting. Yes. And they pointed out something and we're like, yeah, they're probably right, which led (laughs) to us basically creating an entire, well, the character was already there, but she was just like kind of in the background. And now, yeah, (laughs) and now we have added chapters from her perspective, but we decided we had to add them throughout the book. You can't just add like one at the end. So now we have four more chapters to write of that book. Yeah. And a whole new character. Yeah. (laughs) So that's exciting. Not anticipated, but... (laughs) No, it's really fun. It's kind of like what I was saying before, how you come up with an idea. I think her comment was something like, I wish we had more time in whatever location. Yes, Um, yeah. And then you're like, "Mm, you're right. And it seems like a simple fix. You could just add a chapter maybe somewhere 
and then you know we talked about it and we're like oh that doesn't really work how can we add more time and then it ends up kind of snowballing yeah I think this is definitely the right choice though yeah definitely and that was the other thing that the beta reader said she did suggest adding another character and we've had her suggest this before in the past with a different book and we were kind of like "Mm, no not at that point but this time we were like actually that's a potential um Mm -hmm. fix for what we want to do and so yeah (laughs) it's gonna be quite a full book yeah (laughs) a lot going on but (laughs) oh my goodness yeah quite it'll end up being quite long as well I think yeah, just for the listeners, this is Darkness Set Us Free that we're talking oh, yeah. about. So the third in our teen series. Very exciting, though. It currently comes in at over 100,000 words already, doesn't it? I think it was Next. about 98. Oh, 98? Oh, that's okay. Well, yeah. yeah. So I think it's going to be around 110-ish, 112. <laughs> 110, probably. 110, I think. I think we might struggle to make them extra. If, like, I think we'll hit 3,000 words likely for each one. They yeah. don't look like they're super full <laughs> chapter plans. Yeah. So hopefully it'll bring an interesting new dynamic to our book, I think. Yeah. It might actually, even though her situation isn't all that cheery, that um, still might cheer the book up slightly. <laughs> <laughs> Be a welcome break from the drama of the other characters. Yeah. Anyways, we should probably carry on with the main point to our episode. Yes. The yes. poetry, cringy poetry slam. yes so I thought I'd um we thought we'd make it a little bit you know have our our poetry slam have a little bit some more meaning to it I guess so I think as writers you know it's normal to not be good at every single part of writing so you know and I think it's okay so some people might struggle with for example short stories which we also struggle with or some people might struggle with writing novels and for other people novel writing might be their strength but for us poetry is definitely a weakness and I really admire people who are able to write poetry and write it well especially when it comes out so elegant and well written whereas I think you'll have a when you hear some of ours you will see that it's (laughs) like oh not quite hitting the (laughs) note there (laughs) so Uh, Sarah and I thought that we would share some of, um, I'm going to say best in quotation marks, um, our best poems with you. Hopefully, on one hand, we can all have a little bit of a laugh, but on the other hand, it's really hard to get better at things or turn weaknesses into your strengths if you don't acknowledge that you have them. So this episode is, I guess, all about that. It's Sarah and I acknowledging that one of our writing weaknesses is poetry and we're hoping one day that we'll get better at it and become better at writing in the process in other words we will this as Sarah has said is our inaugural cringy poetry slam but before we start sharing some of these poems I think we could have a little talk about why it's important to acknowledge your weaknesses in the first place obviously you can apply this to your life in general but I think we'll stick to just it in a writing sense this time what do you think Sarah yeah well I mean as you've said you can never improve if you have no idea what your weaknesses are and I've discovered that although I will never be a poet probably (laughs) (laughs) I think they're a really good exercise to do just to help you think about using words in different ways and expanding your vocabulary Um, even if you're not any good at it 
It doesn't mean you shouldn't try because it might help you in ways that you don't expect. For example, recently I've had this new book that I'm reading about writing and it's about horror writing. And one of the authors, like it has little pieces from other authors in the book as well. And one of them, I can't really remember whether it was the main author of the book or whether it was in one of the little dialogues, but they talked about how horror writing often uses a broader range of vocabulary and at times has a poetic feel to it, um, which kind of explains my thoughts on a book that I read, Saw Killer Girls, um, which we did talk about in one of our earlier Talking Shop episodes. Mm -hmm. So it makes me think that maybe exploring and pushing the boundaries, whether it be poetry, nonfiction, short stories, they can all help to improve your craft even if it's like a totally different form. What do you think, Ashley? I had thought about it that way, but I think that's a really good point about how you can use other forms of writing, like poetry, like you've said, to help you, one, expand your vocabulary and to, I guess, explore other, I'm going to go with genres, I guess, um, and other ways of writing, which I suppose would then help you in your normal writing, whatever that may be, maybe even inspire creativity. Maybe that's something we should do on a culture and creativity. We can have some themed poetry or something to see if that helps. But yeah, you definitely can't improve or get better at anything if you don't know what that thing is. And I think it would have been last episode on this main podcast we talked about what we struggled with yeah, when it came yeah. to writing writing novels and so we acknowledged some of those and I think acknowledging this here will hopefully help us at least improve in some way maybe so Sarah and I actually wanted to include poetry in our books before yeah <laughs> but they were really cringy so we removed them and that's well, not to say we might not book, basically <laughs> Um, but that's not to say that we don't won't want to do it again. I quite like sometimes when books have a little, I don't know what you call it, an epigraph maybe at the start kind of thing, mm. where you've got a little poem or something, something there. Or even just when, like I've read a couple of books where there's a couple of poems that the characters have written throughout, <laughs> which is kind of how we were attempting to include them in our book, but it just... Yeah, it didn't work for us at that point, but maybe in the future. Maybe in the future. So maybe, yeah, maybe one day we'll be, we'll feel confident enough in writing poetry that we can include it. But until that day, um, we'll just embrace where we're at at the moment. I think what was really weird is that it wasn't just one character who was including the poems. It was like three of them or something. Every single character. Almost. I don't think Le- I don't think Levi wrote any poems. That would have been way off character. I don't think Dylan did either. Dylan didn't. There was poems in his chapters, but it wasn't his poems. <laughs> That's really weird. <laughs> would someone like write a poem and give it to him? Lizzie was sharing hers. <laughs> That's so much worse. That's so weird. I don't- well, I don't think okay. she was necessarily willingly sharing them. He was just like sitting <laughs> beside her. So it's like creepily spying while she's writing poetry. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So with um with that brief discussion out of the way, I guess it's time for us to share some poems with you. I don't know whether to apologize in advance <laughs> for some of these poems or let you make up your own mind, but I do hope you enjoy them. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? 
I can go first. Um, go first. All right. I tried to include like a selection of some that are more recent, some that are like when I was a teenager. And so I tried also, I tried to include like a gradation of cringiness. (laughs) So the first one is kind of on that middle range. Like it's not too bad. It's a little bit weird, but um, I wrote it when I was 17, I think probably around about. It's called The Destitute Queen. What a title. (laughs) Tentative, the smile slips. Clarity, truth, inception. Unbroken queen, where is your love? A mask, she cries, a mask. Anguish pervades her frosty eyes. Plastic face returned, all forget. For why would one remember the truth the innocent are slaughtered? Pigs destroy the lamb. Come, cast your treasure away, away, I say. The sea swallows all. Finery? Why, claims she, none so fine as the promised one. The queen bows lowest, not one can match. Her courageous stoop, uncompromised. Oh yes, shame, demise, but glorious, she again will rise. It's one of those ones, it sounds quite good, but some of the lines are confusing. I don't really know what it means. (laughs) It's like, oh, you're like, oh, it sounds good, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure what it means. I read it and I was like, because I, you know, I haven't seen some of these poems for ages and I read it recently and I was like, either I was a genius or (laughs) just didn't know, like, it was just totally random and weird. Not really quite sure which. It's one of those ones where it's like, it could have a really deep meaning to it. But but I don't know what it is anymore. I don't know what it is. And I'm the author, so. (laughs) Like, I think the first. What what is it called? Stanza? I don't even know my poetry terms. (laughs) Neither do I. I just write. (laughs) The first uh, paragraph thing in the poem, Mm -hmm. it makes sense, I think. I I kind of feel like, you know, it's talking about a queen and she has to, she like has a mask, quote unquote mask that she like has on to face people is kind of what I'm getting from it. Yeah. I I get the feeling that she's trying to like hide this. Yeah. Like hide her true self or whatever yeah. it is behind something but then after that I don't know I don't know where the pigs come into it <laughs> yeah that's neither. one question I have. <laughs> are they eating the lamb are they meant to be men it says pigs destroy the lamb so I don't really know what that means <laughs> and I feel like that's got kind of a religious undertone to it I was quite religious at that age I mean I still am but I'm not I'm a lot less intense about it a lot less intense about a lot of things, <laughs> to be I, fair. It sounds good. I'm, I'm reading it again, and it's it gets weirder the second time through. I know. <laughs> it's a bit like, of a mystery. And then it goes kind of Titanic. It does. I was just thinking the treasure that. and the sea. It's very interesting. Should we move on to, to your first poem? <laughs> sure. Since we're unable to quite decipher mine. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Um, So I haven't written poetry in a long time, mostly because they're not good. (laughs) And I (laughs) acknowledge that. And I I don't like doing things I'm not good at, which I think goes for a lot of people. Not many people put themselves through exercises that they aren't very good at. That's true. (laughs) Especially when I could do other things. Oh my god, you can see my dog in the background chewing up a duvet. 
you can keep this in the podcast if you want it's kind of amusing (laughs) Um, anyways Riley so I will before I share my poems I'm going to pre-warn everyone that I have a weird thing about rhyming I don't know why it's like I can't write a poem without rhyming Uh, and that's that's true even for the couple poems that I've written in adulthood (laughs) so this poem I would say I was probably 17 or 18 when I wrote this poem I've called it destiny I think when you're a teenager for some reason you really like big themes (laughs) apparently yes (laughs) okay so here we go when all you sow and what you know gets buried in the snow your love is dead and hope is dread all has left your head the shocking truth and undeniable youth you must make a truce your body lives others are sieved what is left to give why are you here what pain does sear what is it that you fear you must be cued you must stay true for destiny is here for you (laughs) i quite like (laughs) i quite like the first verse the the one that i started struggling with (laughs) which one could it be others are Um, served (laughs) i know i think that might uh that might be my favorite poetry line i've ever written your body lives and others are served what is left to give it's like i just needed something that rhymed and i picked served (laughs) even though it doesn't really rhyme and it doesn't make a lot of sense I'm trying to think like so other people's bodies are sieved. I don't I don't know. I think <laughs> it might be trying to say like other like separated from other people. I think. Maybe. But I, I don't Maybe know. Maybe it's talking about like souls. <laughs> it could be. It could be. That wouldn't surprise me. There's... Which in which case it nearly works. <laughs> I I don't know why I've used I've used a lot of words that I feel take away from the poem. It's like it's... undeniable. It's a bit weird. No, I quite and like cued. that bit. <laughs> you? The cued is a bit strange. <laughs> you must be cued. You must stay true. Like it works. It's just it feels <laughs> slightly out of. Yes. Like others are served. Oh, the whole thing's just. Mm. why I'm not a poet. <laughs> I'm not a poet. I like the way it starts. When all you sow and what you know gets buried in the snow. I like that part. <laughs> Maybe it should just be a really short poem. That can be it. We can ignore the rest of it. I feel like that might yeah. be a theme. You have a, a good idea for the beginning and then you're like, eh, what do I do? Let's just rhyme some things. <laughs> <laughs> Seems to be what I do. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Would you like to share your next poem? Sure. I'm just getting to it. Um, so this one, I also wrote around probably the same time as the last one (laughs) it's definitely worse I would say (laughs) (laughs) okay don't really rhyme with mine that much I think I consciously tried to keep away from rhyming but anyways I'm just gonna let you enjoy this poem okay it's called who am I classic question when you're at that age I think yes (laughs) again big questions yeah big questions okay here we go as stunning as a butterfly as plain as a moth as rich as a rainbow as lifeless as a smothered candle 
A well of hope brimming with joy. A barren wasteland where the wretched lie. A bubble of life in a desecrated world. An ocean lamenting in despair. A kiss of peace, a well of regret. A cup of love, a stream of sorrow. Tormented, anguished, suffering and hurt. I fly demon-like, red-eyed and drenched in a cloak of anger. But loving, faithful, compassionate and gentle. Bird-like, I hop, I hop, I hop. Playful. <laughs> I knew I wasn't going to get through it without cracking up laughing. <laughs> I hop, I hop, I hop. I just couldn't. Oh my God. Okay. I'm just sorry. I'm really sorry. I tried yeah, that so was hard. My fault. <laughs> no, I couldn't even see you. I'm just okay. Reading the poem. Oh, okay. now I'm Continue crying. on. <laughs> okay. I'll just continue on with that line. And try and get through it. Bird-like, I hop, I hop, I hop, playfully bouncing over a tainted land. I am all these things. In desolation, I search for redemption, seeking for God's wisdom, wishing for his strength. Blissful, I cry. Not tears of sadness, nor tears of happiness. No tears of misery, no tears of gladness, but tears of love. (laughs) Oh my God, I couldn't even get through that. Blissful, I cry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, dear. I like how it starts off in one style and then just becomes another style. (laughs) It just (laughs) suddenly changes. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Tormented, anguished, suffering and hurt. It's like, what? <laughs> and the sentences like pr- um, progressively get longer and longer and longer until we get to the I fly demon like red eyed and drenched in a cloak of anger. We started off so innocent. We were stunning as a moth and play- uh, stunning as a butterfly and plain as a moth. <laughs> and now we're at the tormented, tormented anguish suffering. The first bit's just like this list. <laughs> like it's, then- it's like I'm tr- like sitting there going, what else? There must be something else. What else? <laughs> As lifeless as a smothered candle. Oh, so good. A kiss of peace, a wail of regret. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, what a poem. I know. The, the bird-like part. The bird-like part couldn't... makes it. <laughs> so I hop, I hop, I hop. Like, what is it? Like, where it came out of nowhere. Do you think you went to the bird part? Is it because you said you fly demon-like and you're like, aha, birds also fly. Yeah. <laughs> I hop, I hop, I hop. Oh, that's so excellent. Oh, my goodness. That's amazing. Oh, so, oh, they're so funny. So funny. I don't think okay. that one needs any further explanation. No, no. I think it just stands on its own there. Yeah. It makes a little more sense than the first, the destitute queen, I think. I feel it's a lot less deep. <laughs> And quite strange, but yeah, we'll we'll move on. So, what's what's your next one? Uh, So, my next one also would come from a similar time as my last one, maybe a bit later. I'm going to say I was probably definitely 18 when I wrote this one. Not that it's any better than the last one, but (laughs) (laughs) so mine is called "What Is a Dream?" Again, big questions (laughs) in a teenager's mind. All righty, here we go. 
A dream is what your heart desires, your deepest, darkest secrets ever. A dream is all you want and hate, your best and worst times and dates. Your dream is love, your dream is hate, your dream will never, ever fade. A dream is what you try to forget, your greatest terrid moment yet. A dream is all you truly fear, that moment that you dread to hear. When love is gone and what's left is hate, your dream will always carry faith. A dream is what you call a treasure, the gold and silver ring forever. A dream is only for a second, but a memory is what you beckon. I think the ending is strong. Yes. The beginning, <laughs> again, just like The beginning weirdly... is actually all right as well. It's the middle part. <laughs> 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 it's the weird rhyming parts in the middle where I don't know what I want to say anymore and just start kind of saying things well, it starts and changing rhyming. up the... And then, <laughs> and then it, it stops rhyming. And then it kind of and comes then it back. Starts, yeah, rhyming again. <laughs> Consistency. And then it stops is rhyming. An and then it starts rhyming again. So I guess it's like every second verse it stops rhyming, which I guess it's got consistency. <laughs> Changes styles halfway. It's yeah. <laughs> I should have just had this the last the last verse, I think, would be enough. <laughs> just ignore the beginning. What you call a treasure, the gold and silver ring forever. A dream is only for a second, but a memory is what you beckon. Yes. That does sound quite <laughs> nice by itself. I would agree with you. Take out, take out all the rest of whatever this is, the terrid moment yet. <laughs> the, I don't even know. A dream is all it, you truly fear. <laughs> uh, yeah, apparently. Your dream will never, ever fade, except for it beckons a memory. So, I don't know. Mm. A bit contradictory. I would say this is probably one of my better poems which I think is saying something. <laughs> In some ways, I actually like the other one better. Do you? <laughs> yeah. The other one? Oh, it has some moments. <laughs> they <both> have, they, <laughs> amongst the weirdness. I love the, the dramatic end for <laughs> Destiny is here for you. I love that one. That's <laughs> very, um, so very When the Rain Falls-esque. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of when the rain falls yes that is the name of my next one maybe i should say both i think both of these poems come from well the actually the next one is inspired by it but for me the next one i actually wrote quite recently so, is it in oh no no it was never what in. was the one that was in because you had what we used to have one at the very there start there's a lot of <laughs> the one at the start i considered sharing that but it's more of a song than a poem oh, okay okay because it seems to have repeated verses okay or it'll be like it'll have a verse and then it'll have the chorus and then it'll have a verse and then the chorus or whatever so Why i didn't want to so like weird. repeat myself so much so i decided not to share that one it makes sense because i was that one that used to be the prologue we had one yes, that used to yeah. be a, okay all right go for it all right. So as I said, this one I actually wrote quite recently for a bit of a change. So you can hopefully see a bit of improvement over the years. <laughs> well, I can say just from looking at it, at least it has a consistent form. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway. And it's continue. inspired on our first book. And so I called it When the Rain Falls after our first book. Skies are growing dark. Purpling clouds roll in from the south in an upside-down world. My hair is charged, frizzing around delicate shoulders, waiting for release. Our land is quiet, suspended in an airy, noiseless vacuum. 
the storm is coming. It is calm when the rain falls. Bleak fog sets in, trees, shapeless monsters in the mist, rising with victorious arms. Creeks become streams and streams become rivers, cascading, such a long way down. Mud is thick, suctioning and slurping at boots, but they do not belong to us. It's definitely improved. <laughs> Significant improvement, <laughs> yeah. I think. I think you can kind of see what's going on in it a lot more. Yeah, it, it, you know it mood. <laughs> what it means also. Like it has a story that you can follow. Not really a story. It has, you can understand what the ideas are suggesting and what you're talking about, which is. Especially if you know what the book's about as well. Yeah, The last verse makes sense, even though it may not make sense on its own. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I think that the first, uh, yeah, the first part, it really sounds like the first paragraph from Lizzie's first chapter. It's very reminiscent of that as soon as you read it. And I was like, oh, yeah. Mm, I think the purpling clouds, because <laughs> I did have that kind of in mind, I think. When... Yeah. Not that, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just exactly that's mm. what I thought of. And I was like, oh, it's exactly how I imagined Lizzie's first chapter. And I like the the bleak fog sets in, trees, shapeless monsters in the mist. I like that part. Mm. It sounds really cool. So that one, I think I've improved a bit. It's still, you know, I have no idea what form actually is, so I just try and do what sounds good. So I make, <laughs> oh, you know, three lines per, per like stanza, whatever you call the, it. And then the then the two lines in the middle, that's punchy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> just make it up as I go along. <laughs> you can tell we don't analyze a lot of poetry. Yeah. <laughs> so that was my attempt at structure. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Definitely an improvement. Anyways, should we hear your last one? Sure. So my next one comes from our first book. I actually really like this one just because <laughs> it's quite cute. It comes from our first book, and I think one of my our characters write one of my characters writes it. I think. Yeah, I think it's remember? Grace. Yes. Yes. Okay. Pretty sure it's Grace that writes it, and I imagine that you probably wrote it you would have been around 15 maybe because or I'm probably. pretty sure it was an, an early iteration yeah. of when the yeah. rain falls well it's now called when the rain falls it used to be called desolate just so yeah. people know big ideas again <laughs> okay um this one unsurprisingly rhymes again it is called war we've said before that our teen fiction series is like a war it's about war so fitting title I think all right War starts off as a simple game, firing guns and roaring flames. As innocent as it may seem, war digs holes in your seams. It spells out fury from your heart. It tears you and friends apart. You become as bad as them, murdering vicious, vile men. Memories of the things you've seen take cruel forms in your dreams. Friends no longer seem the same, players in this violent game. Soldiers' hearts as cold as ice play the earth like Yahtzee dice. Death engulfs a solemn world. Happiness has long been swelled. War is never a simple game. In the end, no one is left to blame. It gets very dark at the end. <laughs> well, interestingly, I think we took off those last four lines in when we had it included in the book because in my very old version of our book it doesn't have those last four lines ah. so I was a bit surprised when I like read like, through oh, it. I kept going I was like oh 
there's another end to this because <laughs> it just ended play the earth like Yahtzee dice. Ah. So. Either we cut the lines or I added lines at some point. Mm. I don't know. I like the, I kind of like the ending. It sort of links with the beginning. It's a attempt at a full circle kind of thing going on. <laughs> yeah. An attempt was made. I, I remember that it used to be play the earth like poker dice, but then I realized you don't use dice in poker, so then I had to change it because it didn't make sense. <laughs> That's funny. Um, and then I couldn't think of another line, so I just had to deal with it. So even to this day, I don't like that line because I know I it was supposed like to be it. something else. <laughs> I'm like, that's so creative. <laughs> it's meant to be something else that sounded better but wasn't actually a thing. <laughs> I don't know. I I find this poem cringy, but I also it reminds me of our first book, so it has like a you know, <laughs> I have a soft spot for it. I, I quite like I, I would say I probably have a soft spot for this poem too. Just I don't know what it is about it. <laughs> it's quite cute, even though it's a poem about war. <laughs> I think it encompasses maybe it encompasses grace quite well. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, it probably does, actually. Because it was, <laughs> like, technically it was her that wrote it, not me. Just mm. so everyone is clear. <laughs> She's a teenager, so. You become as bad as them, murdering vicious, vile men. <laughs> it's accurate, like, when you think about what happens in those next books. Yeah, it is true. <laughs> For everyone involved. <laughs> and then even the next bit, the memories of the things you've seen take cruel forms in your dreams. Yes, it is very grace. We hadn't mm. even planned out the rest of the books, I don't think, at the time of writing this poem. Like, she had no idea what was in store for her. I feel like it was meant to be. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Pre-written. She wrote it in her poem. It was her destiny. Maybe that's why we feel very attached to this poem, because it's kind of, what do you call it? Prophetic? <laughs> yes, that's one. It's like a glimpse into the future. Even the friends no longer seem the same players in this violent game. Yes. Exactly. Oh, so good. Do we need to move on or? Yeah, we'll do do one more each okay. and we'll just that try and like good. keep it short on the yeah. um, analyzing side. <laughs> yeah, there won't be a lot to analyze for my next ones. <laughs> I guess we're up to you. Shall you read your next one? Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. And we'll do this one. <laughs> it's like, should I do it? Okay. So for the last one, it's one that I wrote again when I was quite young I think probably about 16 this one and as I say I used to be quite religious um like I still believe in God but you know I guess you grow a bit older and you learn to accept and learn from other cultures as well so but the next poem is quite Christian orientated but I do still quite like it just because I think the language in it is quite interesting so anyways it's called to God will all glory be Glory be to God for the world we live within. Thatched fields of green-yellow straw, grey-blue sky sleeping over goldfish that swim, and the pearly shells scattering the sandy shore. For the freshness that reigns in the land so crisp, the buzzing and bumbling of black-yellow bees, moon awakening with eyes wide and great, flowers singing in splendour, so free, so free, dappled shadows dancing daintily on a night so late, to God will all glory be. Just a short little one. I like the imagery in that poem. Yeah, I think it has quite good imagery. I really like like the buzzing and bumbling of black yellow bees or the bee sounds. I'm a fan. Yeah, it, it uses a lot of alliteration in that poem. 
which I think makes it sound quite mm. interesting. And Yeah, like reading it out loud, I think, sounds even better than just reading it through. It sort of rolls off the tongue mm. quite easily. But yeah, I so like it. Just another I like little that one. one. I like that one. So how was your next one? Okay, so I'll give you a little a preface. So I wrote this poem, I'm going to say two years ago, maybe three years ago. So I'm a, I'm a girl guide leader. I've probably mentioned this on the podcast maybe before. And well, we like to get a lot of guests into our girl guide unit. And one day I was talking with my co-leader and we decided that, hey, wouldn't it be cool if Jacinda Ardern came to our ranger unit? I bet no other ranger unit has ever had the current prime minister come to their ranger unit before. So we emailed her and she was like, sure. And we're like, oh my God, what are we going to do? Like, we have to do something. And because Wendy and I, my co-leader, hi, Wendy because we're weird I'm gonna go with weird we're like what we should do is we should make all of the girls in the unit write a poem about issues that matter to them in New Zealand and then we'll give her a ranger poetry book as a gift and then oh that's cool so we're doing it and then our girls are like if you're making us write poems you also have to write a poem and immediately I was like oh no here we go (laughs) (laughs) so this is my poem that I wrote and yeah, well, it's about an issue to start with. And it's a little embarrassing because I gave it to the Prime Minister. So but it's fine. I think it's, <laughs> it's not it's not great. But I just imagine that amazing. the Prime Minister has this book of ranger poems in her office. And this is one of them. <laughs> it's called Lead the Way. Here we go. Imagine a world where our country leads the way in technology and innovation. What would you say? We led the world in equality, giving women the right to vote. 125 years seems not that long ago. But now we face a question, a choice for us all to make. Where can women take us in the future? And what difference can we make? We have more choice than ever, a world open at our feet, the places we can go and the people we may meet. We need a country where our women lead the way in technology and innovation equally, I'd say. There we go. That's actually really cool. I like it. <laughs> I'm glad you like it. It's like my weird, cringy kind of rhyming thing, but it's... It's quite empowering, though. I, yeah, I think I've used it okay. My favourite line that I was really proud of was the equally, I'd say, at the end. I was very proud of that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, I'll leave you with that one. I really, you know, uh, one that I've written it's recently. It's very appropriate considering that a few days ago it was international women's day so that's true that's true yeah it's quite a good one to to end on i think <laughs> an empower well kind of empowering hopefully jacinda ardern found it empowering if she even read it <laughs> i'm sure she would have she seems to be like quite cool about those kind of things anyways hi jacinda ardern you'll probably never listen to this podcast but there's your poem <laughs> there's a poem i wrote i wrote it specifically for you and now i've shared it with the world <laughs> shall we move on to our mistakes of the month yes all right (laughs) have you got any to share this week sarah you know i had a couple but they were pretty boring and they're just like general mistakes like a missed word etc but then ashley (laughs) sent me a couple of photos of our old chapter plans because As we've kind of explained before on the podcast, we typically will write the chapter plans, divvy them out, and that's how we collaborate together. Um, We've been doing this since we were like 14, and I have not seen any of our chapter plans from that long ago until she 
sent me some photos and oh my goodness, I do not know how <laughs> we managed to get anything written <laughs> because they make no sense <laughs> whatsoever. And I thought instead of doing for mistakes of the month, I might read out a couple of these oh chapter gosh, plans yes. because they're just amazing. <laughs> Okie dokie. So I'm going to start with this one. I believe it's in potentially our third book. Third or maybe, <laughs> yes, third. It's hard to tell sometimes. <laughs> yeah, so... well, I, it's so weird. You'll see very shortly. Um, but it's chapter 22 from Grace's perspective. And I can tell you all of this because that none of it is in the book at all. <laughs> and <it's... laughs> I have no memory of this. So it starts off at the top of the page and it says, back in time. <laughs> Already. <laughs> First bullet point is, Grace gets Lizzie out, presumably from a trunk, because the next piece is, fish through the trunk with bodies, find key, they're still alive. <laughs> Lizzie comes out. <laughs> next bullet point. Hey, those are my clothes. <laughs> next bullet point. Seize the disguise. Next bullet point, hide in bathroom. Talk. Lizzie is traumatized. <laughs> Hear people at the door. It's Levi and Dylan. <laughs> and that's the whole chapter plan. <laughs> I don't know what it means or what is happening. So, <laughs> I summarized it and I figured that Lizzie was trapped in the trunk of like some vehicle. Um, then Grace goes to get Lizzie out, but she has to fish through the trunk weirdly with some bodies or some, well they, it says bodies but they're actually nearly dead people because they're still alive <laughs> lizzie comes out gets annoyed because she sees grace or someone else i don't know who's wearing her clothes but it's okay because it's actually just a disguise and then they hide in the bathroom for some unknown reason um, lizzie's traumatized it's unclear whether that's because of the trunk oh, she, being in the trunk with the bodies or whether from the clothes and the disguise who knows? Oh my god. I can't. And yeah, then Levi and Dylan come. I have so many questions. How do they, wh where is the trunk and why is there a bathroom nearby is my first question. I don't know why don't out know. of this whole thing, <laughs> this is the problem I'm having. It is, if it's a car trunk, how are they now what? in the bathroom? <laughs> like, I don't understand. I, I have no idea. <laughs> and the very just... first comment of being free is, hey, those are my clothes. <laughs> And okay, there's, there's lots of them, but I'm just going to do one more. <laughs> and this one is in the second book. Again, no longer in it. Um, you may see why very <laughs> shortly. And it's chapter nine, and it's from Levi's perspective. So, sitting in room asks who killed Jess. Carol blames it on Grace. Grace gets really mad, storms off. Grace goes down to the basement. Levi follows feels her change, sees her eyes. Grace yells at him and he says he thinks she did it. Grace gets chainsaw. What is she doing? Something she needs to take care of. Goes upstairs, stands in front of group, starts chainsaw. Asks Carol if she did it. Carol makes a confession. Grace plunges chainsaw into her. Oh my god <laughs> that one's so amazing sees chains <laughs> yeah oh my gosh also 
Why would Levi think that Grace murdered Jess? Like, come on, Levi. Come on. <laughs> so quick to turn traitor. You've known her this long. Is she really going to kill Jess? And you guys probably don't know the way Jess is killed in the book uh, that we removed. Um, it's no longer in there because it oh yeah frankly it was, was weird quite graphic <laughs> you can imagine like with chainsaws being in the book we yeah, were very was, dramatic i think it involved a drain yeah i think she... <laughs> i'm not even gonna say it because it's a bit disturbing no it's really disturbing but we removed it for a good reason yeah um, so the fact that levi could really think that grace could kill her and do that that would be horrible and then <laughs> I know. I, for some reason, that's what I've taken from this. <laughs> Levi is better than that. We should have known that back then. He is better than that. Like, yeah, he's a bit of an idiot. Great, so I'd probably never forgive him for that. I know. But like, yo, why did you think I did that? <laughs> then she plunges a chainsaw into Carol. Yeah, and then and then her eyes change. <laughs> There's something I need to take care of. <laughs> what is chainsaw. she doing? There's something I need to take care of. That was the best part. <laughs> Oh my goodness. So those were our old chapter plans. It explains why the book was so crazy. I, I don't know how we wrote things. <laughs> if that's what that's we were what we working work with, with. No wonder it was so insane. Very different now. Very different. So Def- yes, they're a lot more um realistic. <laughs> one thought out <laughs> and two have direction. <laughs> I remember there's another one that you haven't read out, but it's literally three lines, and I think they are comes out of forest. Crawls out of forest, actually. Crawls out of forest. <laughs> it's like, crawls why out is of crawling? Forest. Real dramatic. Real dramatic. Then I think it said, like, go to beehive. Yeah. Which, if everyone, just so everyone's um, aware that that's the government building in New Zealand, so it's not like a strange beehive in the forest. <laughs> and then it's like, manages to get in, sees friends. <laughs> yeah. The end. <laughs> Different. Well, and even better was that they clearly decided to have Christmas at some point. And then there was like a list of things that they could potentially get people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the lists were so random. Like someone was going to get a violin. <laughs> it's like war and they're trying to be quiet. I don't understand. Or Dylan was going to get. There was a soccer ball on no, there. Dylan was going to get <laughs> Shakespeare. The Merchant of Venice, specifically. <laughs> Levi, meanwhile, was going to get a stuffed bird, which I think was reference to something that happened earlier. But then milk and cookies. Which I had forgotten. Because that he was Santa. It's <laughs> <That> is <laughs> so such crazy. presence. It's just, I don't even, it blows my mind how strange it all is. It's like this weird spoof. Very... <laughs> we should just publish it all well, as a one... spoof version of the book. We should. And so, well, the one um, where we're trying to decide um, what happens to Carol, and then it, one of the options it just said Carol just disappeared. <laughs> yeah, like we like, ran out of ideas, so Carol just disappears. <laughs> we're like, what should we do with her? This she was a murderer. She was the one who killed Jess. Just disappears. <laughs> cool. <laughs> she vanish? I don't know. So amazing. So amazing. Anyways, um, should we move on to your mistakes of the month? Sure. So my mistakes of the month are more normal. They're out of um, the couple chapters that I've been writing recently. Definitely not as crazy as those chapter plans, but hopefully you'll be able to get a bit of a laugh out of them regardless. So the first one is Helene looked outranged (laughs) instead of outraged. Outranged. Outranged. 
It's like deranged, but not. She's just out of range. She's, she's looking out of range. Like, I don't understand how you can quite see out of range if it's out of range. But no. she's looking there. <laughs> yeah. It's like when people stare into the middle distance. Oh, that so annoys like me so much. Way. <laughs> the middle distance. I did not know that was a thing until I read about it in Benjamin Dreyer's book of what it, Dreyer's English. And he's like, what is with all the staring into the middle distance? And I was like, yeah, what's with that? Turns out that it's actually a thing, staring into the middle distance. And I was like, but why can't they just stare into the distance? Why do you need to have the middle distance? (laughs) I don't know. I I apologize for the people who are out there who do like to have their characters staring into the middle distance, but I, I just feel middle is unnecessary. But anyways, let's just continue on. Sorry, I have a real issue with it. <laughs> That's fine. I don't think we've done that. No. We've had stared, probably stared into the distance, oh, yeah. but I would never would have thought to put middle distance. That kind of is weird. I don't know. It would wreck our flow, I think. <laughs> uh, right, so the next one is protect me, Helene said breathlessly, wiping the tears furiously from my eyes instead of her eyes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, protect um, me. And then she's like wiping the tears <laughs> away from like who she's talking to. And he's like, um, okay, thanks. It's weird. <laughs> okay, so for this next one, I'm just going to change the name of one of the characters. I'm going to call them Mr. X because I don't want it to give away some of the story. So we're going to call them Mr. X. A fresh breeze had picked up and the red ribbons dangling from Mr. X's crown fluttered in the wind. He ran a hand through his hair and took a hes- hesitant step forward. So Mr. X is actually dead in this scene. <laughs> Um, and it definitely sounds like he's the one who's getting up uh, or who runs a hand through his hair and takes a hesitant step forward when it's actually the character who's looking at it. So I definitely changed that. I read it and I was like, ah, the dead rise. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> That's amazing. Just have the person yeah. randomly come back to life. Yeah. It's very horror-esque, especially with like a crown with like things fluttering yeah, in the wind. red ribbons. <laughs> Great. And my last one is, but Leon Tiades was older now. He had lived in relative peace for almost 10 tears. 10 tears? Yes. <laughs> 10 tears. <laughs> he cried 10 tears. And that, <laughs> that's how long the peace had lasted. <laughs> there was the end of the peace. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, so if any of you have mistakes of the month that you want to share with us, please send them in. We'd love to hear them. I think it's a it's a really good exercise having a bit of a laugh because everyone makes mistakes and sometimes they're actually amazing. Yes. <laughs> next time on Dear Writer, what are we talking about? Right. So next time it's our next culturing creativity episode and we're going to be having a bit of a discussion about freefall writing, which should be quite fun. Something I've never really done before. So yeah, I think it's going to be be very interesting yeah see how that turns out um i did want to say as well is that there are still some spots left on our author spotlight section and so you can apply to that by going to our website at www.lindersoncreations.com and if you hover your mouse over the podcast tab and it should bring up the be featured on dear writer and it has a little form for you to fill out we just really enjoy these interviews and yeah so if you want to come and chat to us we would love to have you on absolutely you can even listen to some of the previous interviews that we've done just talking about people's books and things and it's really interesting and really really fun 
It definitely is. I would encourage you to apply. (laughs) Yes, come chat to us. We'd like to chat to you. So anyways, if you'd like to know more about us and our writing projects, you can visit us on lindersoncreations.com or you can check us out on Facebook or Instagram, which is also under lindersoncreations.com. And so if you enjoyed the show, please rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice. And we'll be back next week. Happy writing, everyone. Mm -hmm.